Welcome to the Victorious Life TV broadcast. I'm Lisa Buldo and I'm super excited about this topic tonight. I'm telling you, I have been on fire for the last few hours. You know, I was having a conversation with my husband before the broadcast and it was like 20 more minutes to go and I'm like, oh, I can't wait. This topic tonight about generational curses. I am here to bring you the truth from God's word about this very topic that is keeping so many people, even believers today, in bondage. And so, you know, I've been getting a lot of emails, you know, uh, from people saying, can you please pray with me to break this generational curse? Um, I got another email yesterday from someone saying, you know, I I'd like to talk to you about something that I feel is going on in my family bloodline and all this stuff. And these are people that are believers and it's keeping people in bondage. And I, I you know, I just want to preface this with last night I was watching um, something on TV and it actually confirmed that I needed to do this message. It was on my heart all week, but last night was just the clincher. And I thought, okay, Lord, yes, I'm going to bring this, uh, you know, in this video. And so I was watching this thing um, last night on, it was about the DeBarge family from, night, from the 1980s. I don't know if you remember them, but they had some hit songs, uh, Feel the Beat of the Rhythm of the Night, you know, and all these awesome slow songs. And anyway, they were a large family and their eldest brother, Bobby, uh, he was actually with another group called Switch in the late 1970s, and it just broke my heart because apparently their father was very uh, abusive. Um, their mother was African-American and their father was white, and he was uh, military, and apparently he was just a very, like, sick man. You know, he, um, he molested them, he abused them physically, sexually, especially the oldest son, Bobby. Anyway... Bobby ended up hitting it really big with, um, with uh, he had such a beautiful voice, great falsetto. Anyway, bottom line is he got hooked on heroin and drugs and all this stuff, and then he got arrested. He ended up going to prison, and right after he got out of prison, well, during his uh, time in prison, he was diagnosed with the HIV virus, and when, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. I don't want to cry. But anyway, shortly after he got out of prison, he... Um, he passed away of AIDS in 1995, and he was married, and he um, he uh, left two young boys. And anyway, it was just heartbreaking because the whole family, you know, that that made it big in music and all this stuff, they all ended up really with drug problems, even after seeing their brother pass away. But anyway, what brought this was at the very end of the broadcast, the sister um, said, you know, there's all these grandchildren now, and she said. She said, I just, you know, pray that we can deal with these generational curses, these demons in the family. And I thought, I just felt infuriated. So I'm here tonight to bring you the truth of God's word and we need to dive right in. So, oh my gosh, you know, there are many, many teachings out there. I'm not going to name them, but I know about them, you know, and there's even one, um, gosh, that I even bought into, you know, back in, uh, Gosh, I guess it was 1999 or something. And, you know, a lot of people are doing counseling this way, talking about, you know, go back into your past and find Jesus in the situation. Where is he? What's he doing? What's he saying? You know, and it's this whole counseling thing. Jesus never did that. He never did that. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, 
you know, it's not biblical. It's not Bible. And so what happens is a lot of times, even in the church, when people can't get people healed, right? When people don't see healing, they either blame the sick person saying that, oh, you know, you've got, you just don't have enough faith or there's too much sin, you know, in your life. Or um, sometimes it's, um, let's see, I just want to look at my notes here. Or it's not God's will to heal them. Seriously, it's always God's will to heal. Here's the deal though. Jesus already paid the price with his life in blood. He paid the price for healing. The spiritual law of healing has been set, right? So it's always God's will to heal. And every, any single time that a person doesn't get healed, and I know this is hard for some to heal here because sometimes it's family members, you know, who've gone home to be with the Lord. But the truth is, it's always God's will to heal. And so if someone doesn't get healed, it's on our end. It's either we didn't receive it somehow, or but it's never on God's end because it's already paid for. Okay. Or people say, oh, you must have a generational curse in your bloodline. That's why you can't get healed. Okay, if that were true, okay, if that were true, that would be like saying the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. The blood of Jesus just was not enough to take care of this, and that would make the devil stronger than God. Seriously, right? I, I'm sorry, but that's an insult to God, right? Jesus died for you to be healed. Okay, just like he died for you to be saved, he died for you to be healed. They go hand in hand together. Okay, another thing regarding the generational curses, even if you knew primarily what a generational curse was in the family line going back, you don't know every sin. What if there's one, you know, five generations back or four or three generations back, but Nobody knows a certain sin that was committed, right? Well, okay, I guess you're just, you know, it's too bad. You can't break it because you don't know about it. That is junk. That is garbage. I'm, I'm telling you, you have to listen to this because I'm going to give you scripture and I'm going to back up everything that I say with the word of God. This is not my opinion. This is God's word, okay? And recently, you know, um, well, not that recent, but a few years ago, there was another teaching, you know, that's more recent that's been circulating and I purchased it. I was going through it and my spirit was just like, mm, like this is just mm, like it wasn't, it was just, it was disturbing to say the least. And the Holy Spirit said to me, get rid of it, forget it, that, you know what? And when the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. God's word is never to keep you in bondage. It is to, to set the captives free. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to set the captives free. And he got rid of things with a word. He never said, oh, well, we're going to have to go back into your bloodline. And no. And he is our model for how things are to be done. Okay. So let's get into this. God is the father of lights, right? All good things come from him. Jesus is your big brother. He's our savior. He's our Lord. And we are joint heirs with Jesus. And Jesus said, the same works I do, you will do. And even greater because I go to be with my father. Right? Casted him out with the word. There was never all this, oh, we just, you know, you can't get healed today. No, it's not God's will today. It's always his will to heal. Always. Okay. Let me... 
I want to, I have a lot to get through, but it's so good. Okay. So the long and the short of it is this, but then I'm going to get into why, you know, in the different scriptures that people are using really to keep people in bondage and to sell more books and to tell them, you know, that they have a generational curse because they can't get them set free. Okay. The long and the short of it is this. Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus became the curse for us, right? Jesus became the curse for you. So you don't have to suffer with sickness. You don't have to suffer with disease. You don't have to suffer from any sins, you know, of the past, okay? That your father, your grandfather, and all the other generations did. Okay, Matthew 8, 16, 18, I got to bring you the word, says, That evening they brought to him, to who? To Jesus. Many who were oppressed by demons. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying he took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Okay, so Jesus paid for all sin, all sickness, done deal. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he, right, Jesus was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. By his stripes, we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. Don't worry, I'm going to get into the generational stuff too. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his stripes, you were healed. Okay, seriously, and I'm going to get into this later. Jesus said in John 14, 12, right? I already said that. The same works that he did, we would do. You would do. I would do. Why? Because he goes to be with the Father, right? We're joint heirs with him. We are children of God. Our bloodline goes back to Jesus. That's it. Okay, but I'm going to prove it to you. Now, do I believe in repentance? Absolutely. You've heard me talk about repentance over and over. John the Baptist preached repentance, right? And then after John was arrested and Jesus you know, started preaching. Jesus preached repentance. The disciples preached repentance. This is huge. So what I'm saying is when people say, you know, well, I've got this sin going on and that sin going on, you know what? And if you're a believer, repent, repent. And now you can speak, set that person free, set them free. I'm talking about if you're a believer, if you're not a believer, they don't know to repent. You could just set them free in Jesus' name and then tell them, okay, now you need to start renewing your mind with the word of God because that's the only way you're going to transform your life, right? I'm going to get into that a little more later, but I want to prove this to you. Matthew 4, 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, uh, this is, you know what? Okay, let me just, this is what he said. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was saying like, I came from heaven. I'm here. I'm here to help you to, to have the Father's will be done on the earth. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was the gospel of the kingdom? It was thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom, the king's, the king, the word kingdom is king's domain, Right? So if he's preaching the good news of the kingdom and he's saying it's at hand, he's saying I'm here, right? To represent the father to set you free. The good news. Okay. And it says, 
He went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, Matthew 10.7, Jesus told the disciples, as you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven as is, at, is near, right? 10.9, Luke 10.9, Jesus told them, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. So if you're talking to an unbeliever, you can go up to them and say, you know what? The spirit of God is here. He wants you well in Jesus name. Be healed. Right? And then say, check your pain. And you know what? You're going to see them get healed because the Holy Spirit in you wants to bring them into the kingdom. Right? Of God. And once they get healed, now you need to tell them, okay, you're healed. Listen, if someone's in pain and then they're not in pain, they know they were healed, right? So anyway, i got to stay on point. Ah, it's so easy because I've got such a great story that my little niece told me the other day. She laid hands on somebody and they got healed after a year and a half. She's 15 years old, almost 16. Awesome. Anyway, so, okay. So Matthew 6, 12 and 13, it says, So they, the disciples, went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil the many who were sick and healed them. Okay, well today we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? And the Holy Spirit is symbolic with oil. But, okay, it says, it says, I made notes for myself to keep on track. But let's prove you know, why generational curses don't apply to us today. Number one, Jesus became the curse for us. That's very clear from the word of God. And you know, I just want to make a point. People, people pay all kinds of money for, you know, deliverance sessions. And, and, and even if they don't pay money, it's, they got to keep going again and again and again and again. And what? It's not working. It's like, just get free. Get in the word of God, renew your mind, and that transformation that happened to your spirit, your born-again spirit, when the Holy Spirit recreated your spirit and made you perfect, as you renew your mind with the word of God, that transformation will then be seen on the outside. It's, I promise you, it's that simple. Okay, so we need to minister like Jesus, not like people that are having people to come for hours and hours and hours. You know, when I did health coaching, I had sessions with people. I don't do that anymore. I don't even do it anymore because I was doing breakthrough sessions before, just, you know, hour sessions, not longer than that, quick. But you know what? I felt the Holy Spirit say, you don't even need to do that. I needed to focus on the multitudes because that's my mandate. That's why I do these videos. You know, people are charging a lot of money for this information it's free right here for you. Like, I'm just saying, okay, let's go back and talk about the generational curses because some of you watching may be saying, oh, no, 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 but I know the generational curses are true because I see it happening in this life, in this life. Well, let's prove it from the word of God, what I'm saying. Numbers 28.8, Balaam, who was a false prophet, right, or prophet, false prophet, however you want to call him, said, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord God has not defied? Well, first of all, are you a child of God? <laughs> Have you been made new? 
You're already blessed. Ephesians 1.3 says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You cannot be cursed. And Jesus became the curse for you. Okay, so, all right. Let's look at what God told Moses in Exodus 20, verses 3 through 5. Oh boy, I gotta get through this. Okay, he said, and these are the scriptures that people use to keep, I hate to say it, but, and maybe, you know, a lot of times they don't know any better, but it's keeping people in bondage, okay? God said, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, nor any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Okay, so first, it would have to continue on and on, and they would have to continue to hate God. Okay. Exodus 34, 6 through 7, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the, and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Okay. Yes. God said that. In verse 7, notice it says, For keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Well, he didn't clear the guilty. God poured out on Jesus what the guilty would get. And you need to be in Christ, right? Those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation. But let's keep going. In Numbers 14, 16, the Lord mentions again, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. I know, I see it, I get it. Moses asked the Lord to pardon them and the Lord pardoned them according to Moses', Moses request. Then again, in Deuteronomy 5, 7 through 10, the Lord says the same thing again about visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations. And then in verse 10, Deuteronomy uh, 5.10 says, the Lord says, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commands. Okay, my commandments. Okay, now this is the key right here that is going to set you free forever. Okay, regarding generational curses. Okay, and when anybody ever says to you again, oh, you must have a generational curse, or you hear them telling someone else, oh, you must have a generational curse. In Jeremiah chapter 30, no, it's 31, verse 31 through 34, the Lord speaks about the new covenant. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is what the word of the Lord says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one Teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. This is it. 
for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. Okay, so if he's not going to remember your sin anymore, is he going to remember, is he going to put your father's sin on you? Is he going to put your great father, great grandfather's sin on you? Okay, wait, let's keep going. So the new covenant is the reason that there is no more generational curse. Okay, but I'm going to keep going because there's, there's another passage that you have to know that will put it to rest going forward in the future. There's another scripture. Okay. Oh, this is so good. Mm. You need to know this so you can put an end to this. Okay. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 18 verses one through 24. Okay. This is the last part. And it's so important because it's the word of the Lord. And I'm going to read this. So if you have your Bible, grab it. This is what's great about the video is you can go back and watch it again. Okay. Ezekiel 18 verse 1 through 24. I, I have to take you through this because this is, this is it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. <laughs> Why do you quote this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten. Okay, this is the proverb that they kept quoting. The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. So he was saying that the parents have eaten the sour grapes, but the children are tasting, tasting the sourness, right? And he's saying, why are you quoting this proverb concerning the land of Israel? And then he said in verse 3, as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, you will not quote this proverb anymore in Israel. For all people are mine to judge both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Okay, verse five. And then he starts explaining it. Suppose a certain man is righteous and does what is just and right, right? He does not feast in the mountains before Israel's idols or worship them. He does not commit adultery or have intercourse with a woman during a menstrual period. He is a merciful creditor, not keeping the items given as security, by poor debtors. He does not rob the poor, but instead gives food to the hungry and provides clothes for the needy. He grants loans without interest, stays away from injustice, is honest and fair when judging others, and faithfully obeys my decrees and regulations. Anyone who does this things, these things is just and will surely live, says the Sovereign Lord. Okay, then he goes on, and I'm gonna, not going to read the whole thing, but he, I mean, it, just for the sake of time, because it's a 30-minute broadcast, but then he starts saying, you know, suppose that's, that that man has a son who grows up and he's a robber and he does all this evil stuff, right? This is the son of the righteous man. He says at the bottom, he said, should, should such a sinful person live? No, he must die and take full blame. And then in, four, in verse 14, then he says, suppose that sinful son has a son and that son does all these great things, right? He's just in the Lord's eyes, Right. Such a person will not die because of his father's sins. He will surely live, but the father will die, right? For his many sins, being cruel, robbing people, and doing what was clearly wrong among his people. Okay, verse 19, we're just about done. What, you ask, doesn't the child pay for the parent's sins? This is the Lord speaking, right, through, um, through Ezekiel. He's saying that the people are asking, what, you ask, doesn't the child pay for the parent's sins? No. For if the child does what is right and keeps my decrees, that child will surely live. The person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins. And the parent will not be punished for the child's sins. 
Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior. <laughs> and wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. But, okay, listen to this carefully. But if, this is so good, and this is Ezekiel 18 verse 21. But if wicked people turn away from all their sins and begin to obey my decrees and do what is just and right, all their, oh, oh says, sorry, they will surely live and not die. Verse 22, all their past sins will be forgotten and they will live because of the righteous things they have done. Okay, last one, verse 23 and 24. God said, do you think that I like to see a wicked, that I like to see wicked people die? Says the sovereign Lord. Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. However, if righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things and act like other sinners, should they be allowed to live? No, of course not. All their righteous acts will be forgotten and they will die for their sins. That is what it says in the word of God about generational sins, generational curses. Okay, and you say, but I know someone who's going through all this stuff, right? Their father, their grandfather, their, okay. It's not a generational curse. It could be that that person saw the sins of their father. Listen, everybody has a choice. How many times have you seen, for example, someone who is a raging alcoholic, they're abusive, and maybe they have two children. Well, one child follows in the footsteps. The other child says, I am never going to do that. And they don't, right? It's not a generational curse. It's that they see the sins of the father and they decide to go ahead and live like that. And then, of course, the consequences are the same. But every single person, the word of God, they can, they can stop that in their tracks. God said it right in his word that it, all they have to do is turn and God would heal them, right? How do they do it? They repent. They repent. That's all they have to do. They repent and ask the Lord to forgive them because Jesus already paid the price for every single person to be saved and to be healed. It doesn't matter. Listen, the, there's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't set free. Nothing, 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 nothing. Whom the son sets free is free indeed, right? And that is John eight thirty six. Is there anyone that Jesus can't set free? Absolutely not. Generational curse, nothing. It doesn't even apply to us today right? God even said it in back in the Old Testament in Jeremiah and then Ezekiel that from now on, uh-uh, the person who sins is the one who's responsible, not their fathers. I, I love that. God is so good. And this is the truth of the word of God. So if anybody comes to you or anybody you know and says, oh, so-and-so has a generational curse, you need to say, really? No, Jesus became the curse for us. And, and if you want to look at Old Testament, tell them, go back and read Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34, and read all of Ezekiel 18. And boom, that just nulls, that just, that just shuts it down right there. Okay, repentance. Repentance is key. John the Baptist preached it. Jesus preached it. The disciples preached it. Repentance is important because you've got to have a change of heart right? For, for now, if someone, again, if someone is an unbeliever, you can still set them free. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you as the believer, right? God's going to honor your faith. You need to tell them the good news. How would they know unless someone tells them that God loves them? Listen, God loves all of his creation. The problem is they don't all love him, right? The devil lies to them and they don't know. They're just, they're just going with their five senses. They're carnal. And a lot of believers, unfortunately, are carnal as well. You've got to understand the truth of the word of God. You could set them free in Jesus' name, cast out the devil or whatever needs to be done, but tell them God loves them. You know, what did Jesus do? He set people free and then he would tell them, now stop sinning or something worse can happen to you, right? But he never ever said to someone, oh no, today's not your day. You got too much junk in your life. No, you got all these generational things that you got to deal with. You got to clean it up. Never. No, that is not what Jesus did and that is not what we're supposed to be doing. No, we need to set them free quickly and then disciple them. How do you disciple them? You point them to the word of God or resources that will give them the truth from God's word. Okay, point them to my videos. I'm just saying, and this isn't, listen, there are many, many great teachers out there. I'm just saying, but it's got to be the truth from God's word and we are totally out of time. And then after you, you know, you set them free and then tell them, now it's time, you know, ask Jesus to come into your heart. He loves you so much and he wants you to be on track with him so your life can be transformed. Get them saved and then, but not, remember, nothing's going to, their spirit will be made perfect, but then the mind has to catch up. Transformation will only come as someone renews their mind with the word of God. That's Romans 12 too. And then as they renew their mind in God's word continually, that transformation will be seen on the outside. And okay, and then they're going to be walking in wisdom and all kinds of great stuff. So don't ever believe again or agree that someone can have a generational curse and they can't get free. Okay, that is something that people made up when they couldn't get a person free. They had to make some kind of excuse and come up with stuff or maybe to sell books or make money or whatever, but it's not the truth. The truth is the word of God, which I just gave you. I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to be like, ah, but I'm very passionate about this. So I pray that this has blessed you tonight. I'm going to ask you to share this everywhere. Share this. Let's advance the kingdom of God together. Boy, that was probably like the quickest 30 minutes ever. I'm so passionate about this. And if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, do it now. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent. Remember, repent means to change direction. You choose to follow God, to follow the ways of Jesus now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Teach me your ways. I want to walk with you. Take my life and make it what you want it to be. And in your holy name, I pray and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I would say welcome to the family of God. Now, get in the word and start watching, you know, watch some more of these videos. But this video about generational curse, curses, it's the truth from God's word. It does not apply to you and me today. Share this with the world and set people free. I love you. I bless you in Jesus. And I will talk with you soon. And I'll see you next time on the Victorious Life TV broadcast. God bless you. Have a great night. Bye-bye.